This is Roland Roth recording from Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens, the second half of Habit 5, starting on page 171. Genuine listening. So much of our communication happens through text messaging or online, doesn't it? But I think if you have something major to say, say it in person. That way someone won't take it the wrong way. Luckily, you and I never exhibit any of those these five poor listening styles, right? Well, maybe just occasionally. There's a higher form of listening, fortunately, which can lead to real which leads to real communication. We call it genuine listening. And it's the kind of practice we want to put to use. But to do genuinely but to do genuine listening, you need to do th- three things differently. First, listen with your eyes, heart and ears. Listening with just your ears isn't good enough because only 7% of communication is contained in the words we use. The rest comes from body language, 53%, and how we say words or the tone and feeling reflected in our voices, 40%. For example, notice how you can change the meaning of a sentence just by emphasizing a different word. I didn't say you had a problem. I Sorry, I didn't say you had an attitude problem. I didn't say you had an attitude problem. I didn't say you had an attitude problem. That's why when you have something major to say, it is better better to do it in person rather than texting or online so the other person really understands what you mean. Too often texting sometime, someone about an emotional issue creates more problems than it solves because people start jumping to conclusions and hearing things you didn't intend. So. When what you have to say is sensitive or complicated, go face to face. To hear what other people are really saying, you also need to listen to what they're not saying. No matter how hard people may appear on the surface, most everyone is tender inside and has a desperate need to be understood. The following poem, one of my all-time favorites, captures this need. Please, hear what I'm not saying. Don't be fooled by me. Don't be fooled by the mask I wear. Before I wear a mask, I wear a thousand masks, masks that I'm afraid to take off, and none of them is me. Pretending is an art that is second nature to me, but don't be fooled. I give the impression I'm secure, that all is sunny and unruffled with me, within as well as without. That confidence is my name, and coolness is my game, but the, that the waters are calm and that I'm in command and I need no one. But don't believe it. Please don't. I sit, I idly chatter with you in the suave tones of surface talk. I tell you everything that's really nothing, nothing of what's crying in within me. So when I'm what when I'm going through my routine, don't be fooled by what I'm saying. Please listen carefully and try to hear what I'm not saying. What I'd like to be able to say for what for survival I need to say, but I can't say. I dislike the hiding. Honestly, I do. I dislike the superficial phony games I'm playing. I'd really like to be genuine, spontaneous, and me, but you have to help me. You have to help me by holding out your hand, even when that's the last thing I seem to want or need. Every time you are kind and gentle and encouraging, each time you try to understand because you really care, my heart begins to grow wings. Very small wings, very feeble wings, but wings. With your sensitivity and sympathy and your power of understanding, I can make it. You can breathe life into me. 
it will not be easy for you. A long conviction of worthlessness builds strong walls, but love is stronger than strong walls, and therein lies my hope. Please try to beat down those walls with firm hands, but with gentle hands, for a child is very sensitive, and I am a child. Who am I? You may wonder. For I am every man, every woman, every child, every human you meet. Second, stand in their shoes. To become a genuine listener, you need to take off your shoes and stand in another's. In the words of Robert Bryan, Byron, Burn? Until you walk a mile in another man's moccasins, you can't imagine the smell. You must try to see the world as they see it and try to feel as they feel. Let's pretend for a moment that everyone in the world wears tinted glasses and that no two shades are exactly alike. You and I are standing on the banks of a river. I'm wearing green lenses and you're wearing red. Wow, look how green the water is, I say. Green, are you crazy? The water is red, you reply. Hello, are you colorblind? That's as green as green gets. It's red, you idiot. Green, red. Many people look at conversations as a competition. It's my point of view versus yours. We can't both be right. In reality, since we're both coming from a different point of view, we both can be. Furthermore, it's silly to try to win conversations. That usually ends up in win-lose or lose-lose and as a withdrawal from the RBA. My little sister was once told this story by a friend of hers named Toby. Notice what a difference standing in another person's in another's shoes made. The worst part about going to school was riding the bus. I mean, most of my friends had cars, but we couldn't afford a car for my own personal use, so I had to either take the bus or, ride, or find a ride. Sometimes I'd call my mom after school to pick me up, but she wouldn't take so long, it drove me crazy. I remember many times screaming at my mom, what took you forever? Don't you even care that I've been waiting for hours? I never noticed how she felt or what she'd been doing. I only thought about myself. One day I overheard my mom talking to my dad about it. She was crying and saying how much she wished she could afford a car for me. They could afford a car for me and how hard she'd been working to try to earn the extra money. Suddenly my whole perspective changed. I saw my mom as a real person with feelings, fear, hopes, doubts, and a great amount of love for me. I vowed never to treat her bad again. I even started talking more to her, and together we figured out a way I could get a part-time job and earn my way to a car. To a car. She even volunteered to drive me to work and back. I wish I had listened to her earlier. Third, practice mirroring. Think like a mirror. What does a mirror do? It doesn't judge. It doesn't give advice. It reflects. Mirroring is simply this. Repeat back in your own words what the, mirror, what the other person is saying and feeling. Mirroring isn't mimicking. Mimicking is when you repeat exactly what the other person says like a parrot. Ugh, Tom, I'm having the worst time in school right now. You're having the worst time in school right now. I'm basically flunking all my classes. You're basically flunking all your classes. Man, stop saying everything I'm saying. What's wrong with you? Mirroring is different from mimicking in the following ways. Mimicking is repeating words, using the same words, cold and indifferent. Mirroring is repeating meaning, using your own words, warm and caring. 
Let's take a look at an everyday conversation to see how mirroring works. Your dad might say to you, no, you can't take the car tonight, son, and that's final. A typical seek first to talk response might be, you never let me take the car. I always have to get a ride and I'm sick of it. This kind of response usually ends up in a big yelling match where neither side feels very good afterwards. Instead, try mirroring. Repeat back in your own words what the other person is saying and feeling. Let's try it again. No, you can't take the, sun, the car tonight, son, and that's final. I see that you're upset about this, Dad. You bet I'm upset. The way your grades have been dropping lately, you don't deserve the car. So you're worried about my grades then? I am. You know how badly I want you to get into college. College is really important to you, isn't it? I've never had the chance to go to college and I've never been able to make much because of it. I know money's not everything, but it sure would help right now. I just want a better life for you. Okay, I see what you're saying. You are so capable that it just drives me crazy when you don't take school seriously. I guess you can take the car if you promise me you'll do your homework later tonight. That's all I'm asking. Promise? Did you notice what happened? By practicing the skill of mirroring, the boy was able to uncover the real issue. Dad didn't care so much about him taking the car. He was more worried about his future and his casualness towards school. Once he felt that his son understood how important grades in college were to him, he dropped his defenses. I can't guarantee that mirroring will always lead to such perfect outcomes. It's, you, it's, you, it's usually, but not always, more complicated than this. Dad might have replied, I'm glad you understand where I'm coming from, son. Now go do your homework. But I can guarantee that mirroring will deposit an, into another's RBA and that you'll get farther than you'd gotten than you'd get using the fight or flight approach. If you're still if you're still a skeptic, I challenge you to give it a try. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. Disclaimer. If you practice mirroring but don't really desire to understand others, they will see through it and feel manipulated. Mirroring is a skill, the tip of the iceberg. Your attitude or desire to really understand another is the lurking mass of ice underneath the surface. If your attitude is right, but you don't have the skill, you'll be okay. But it doesn't work the other way around. If you have both the attitude and the skill, you'll become a powerful communicator. Here are a few mirroring phases, phrases you can use when trying to practice genuine listening. Remember, your goal is to repeat back in your own words what another person is saying and feeling. Mirroring phrases. It sounds like you feel... So as I see it, I can see you're feeling... You feel that... So what you're saying is... Important note, there is a time and a place for genuine listening. You'll want to do it when you're talking about an important or sensitive issue, like a friend that really needs help, or if you're having a communication problem with a loved one. These conversations take time and you can't rush them. However, you don't need to do it during casual conversations or everyday small talk. Man, where's the bathroom? I gotta go real bad. So what you're saying is you're worried you won't find a bathroom in time. Genuine listening in action. Let's take another look at the sister who needs a listening ear from her big brother to illustrate how different genuine listening is. Sister says, 
I don't like our new school at all. Ever since we moved, I felt like the biggest outcast. I wish I could find some new friends. The brother could use any one of the following responses. Pass the chips? Spacing out. Yeah, yeah, sounds great. Pretend listening. Speaking of friends, my friend Julio, selective listening. What you need to do is start meeting new people, advising. You're just not trying hard enough, judging. Are you having trouble with your grades too? Probing. But if big bro is smart, he'll try mirroring. I feel that school's kind of tough for you right now. Mirroring. It's the worst. I mean, I don't have any friends, and this girl, Tabitha, has been so rude to me. She's literally like the queen bee in Mean Girls. Oh, I just don't know what to do. Sounds like you're, you feel confused, mirroring. I mean, yeah, I've always been popular, and then suddenly, no one knows my name. I've been trying to get to know people, but it's not really working. I can see you're frustrated. Mirroring. Yeah, I probably sound like I'm psycho or something. Anyway, thanks for listening. No problem. What do you think I should do? By listening, Big Brother made a huge deposit into his sister's RBA. In addition, Little Sister is now open to his advice. The time is now right for him to seek to, un to be understood, to share his point of view. A guy named Andy shared this. I was going through communication problems with my girlfriend, who I cared very much about. We had been going out for a year, and we were starting to fight a lot. I was really scared to maybe lose her. When I learned about seeking first to understand and then to be understood, and how to apply the relationship bank account to relationships, I took it very personally. I realized that I'm always, I always had been trying to interpret what she was saying, but never really listened with an open mind. It saved our relationship, and we are still together two years later. Our relationship is much more mature than most couples because we both believe in Habit 5. We use it for big decisions as well as little ones, like going out for dinner, out to dinner. Every time I'm together with her, I honestly keep saying to myself, now shut up and try to understand her. Communicating with Parents Communication is hard enough by itself, but throw mom or dad into the mix, and then you've got storms ahead. I, get along, I got along pretty well with my parents as a teenager, but there were times when I was convinced they had aliens inside their bodies. I felt they didn't understand me or respect me as an individual, but just lumped me in with the rest of the kids. But no matter how distant your parents may seem at, the at times, life will go on so much better if you can communicate. If you want to improve your relationship with mom or dad and shock them in the process, try listening to them, just like you would a friend. Now, maybe it seems now it may seem kind of weird to treat your parents as if they were normal people and all, but it's worth it's worth trying. We're always tr saying to our parents, "You don't understand me. You, no one understands me." But have you ever stopped to consider that maybe you don't understand them? They have pressures too, you know. While you're worrying about your friends in your upcoming history test, they're worrying about their bosses and how they're going to pay you for your braces. Like you, they have days when they get offended at work and go into the restroom and cry. They have days when they don't know how they're going to pay the bills. Your mom may have too much work stress to just sit down and relax at night. 
Your dad may get laughed at by the neighbors because of the car he drives. They may have unfulfilled dreams that they've had to sacrifice so you can reach yours. Hey, parents are people too. They laugh, they cry, they get their feelings hurt, and they don't always have their act together, just like me and you. If you take the time to understand and listen to your parents, two incredible things will happen. First, you'll gain a greater respect for them. When I turned 19, I remember reading one of my dad's books for the first time. He was a successful author and everyone had always told me how great his books were, but I never had take, but I'd never taken the time to even look at one until then. Wow, I thought after finishing the first book, dad is smart. And for all those years, I was convinced I was smarter. Second, if you take time to understand and listen to your parents, you'll get your way much more often. This isn't a manipulative trick, it's a principle. If they feel that you understand them, then they'll be way more willing to listen to you. They'll be more flexible and they'll trust you more. One mother once told me, if my teenage daughters simply took the time to understand my hectic world and did little things around the house to help me, I'd give them so many privileges they wouldn't know what to do with them. So how can you better understand your parents? Start by asking them some questions. When's the last time you asked your mom or dad, how was your day today? Or tell me what you like and what you don't like about your job. Or is there anything I could do to help around the house? You can also begin to make small deposits into their RBA. To do that, ask yourself, what do my parents consider a deposit? Jumping into their shoes and thinking about it from their point of view, not yours. Jump into, jump into their shoes and think about it from their point of view, not yours. A deposit to them might mean taking out the recycling without being asked or keeping a commitment to be home on time. Or if you're living away from home, calling them on the weekends. Then seek to be understood. I saw the results of a survey in which people were asked what their greatest fears were. Death came out as number two. You'll never guess what the number one fear was. It was speaking in public. People would actually rather die than speak in public. It takes boldness to speak up in public, no doubt about it. But it also takes boldness to speak up in general. The second half of habit five, then seek to be understood, is, an important, is as important as the first half, but requires something different from us. Seeking first to understand requires consideration, but seeking to be understood requires courage. Practicing only the first half of habit five, seek first to understand, is weak. It's lose-win. It's the doormat syndrome. Yet it's an easy trap to fall into, especially with parents. I'm not going to tell dad how I feel. He won't listen and he, he'd never understand. So we harbor these feelings inside while our parents carry on, never knowing how we truly feel. But this isn't healthy. Remember, unexpressed feelings never die. They are buried alive and come forth later in uglier ways. You've got to share your feelings or they'll eat your heart out. Besides, if you have taken the time to listen, your chances of being listened to are very good. In the following story, notice how Lei Lee practiced both halves of that habit. I was sick and I missed a day of school. My parents were concerned that I wasn't getting enough sleep and that I was staying out too late. Instead of coming up with a bunch of excuses, I tried to understand their reasoning and I agreed with them. 
but I also explain to them that I'm trying to have a fun senior year, and this includes spending time with my friends. My parents were willing to look at the situation from my point of view, and we reached a compromise. I was to stay in one of these days that weekend and rest. I don't think my parents would have been as lenient if I hadn't tried to understand them first. Giving feedback is an important part of seeking to be understood. If one does the right, if it's done the right way, it can be a deposit in the RBA. If someone's fly is open, for instance, give them feedback. They'll be very grateful, believe me. If you have a close friend who's ha who has bad breath to the point of developing a reputation for it, don't you think he or she would appreciate some honest feedback delivered gently? Have you ever returned home from a date only to discover that you had a big piece of meat between your teeth the whole evening? What terror you immediately recall every smile you made that night. Don't you wish your date had told you? If your RBA with someone is high, you can give feedback openly without hesitation. My younger brother Joshua, a senior in high school, shared this. One nice thing about having older brothers or sisters is the feedback they give you. When I come home from a high school basketball or football game, mom and dad will meet me at the door and go over all the key plays I made. Mom will rave about the talent that I have and dad will say it, made, it was my leadership skills that directed the team to victory. When my sister Jenny comes into the room in the kitchen to join us, I'll ask her how I did. She'll tell me how ordinary I played and I better get my act together if I wanna keep my starting position and she hopes I'll play better the next game and not embarrass her. Since Jenny and Josh are very close, they can share feedback candidly. Keep these two points in mind as you give feedback. First, ask yourself the question, will this feedback really help the person or I'm doing it just to suit myself and fix them? If your motive for the feedback isn't, isn't with their best interests at heart, then it's probably not the time or place to do it. Second, send I messages instead of you messages. In other words, give feedback in the first person. Say, I'm concerned that you have a temper problem, or I feel that you've been acting selfish lately. You messages are more threatening because they sound as if you're accusing. You are self-controlled, are so self-centered. You have a terrible temper. The other person will feel like they're being attacked. They're getting attacked. Well, that should pretty much wrap it up. I don't have a lot more to say about this habit, except to end with the thought that we began with. You have two ears and one mouth. Use them accordingly. Coming attractions. Next up, find out how, I, how one plus one can sometimes equal three. I'll see you there. Thanks for listening.